Welcome all once again to the 33rd instalment of the Fantasy Football Surgery podcast coming to you on the 10th, uh, well sorry, the 4th of October 2016. (laughs) It's going to be a night of these mistakes I think Iceman. (laughs) Welcoming you all back once more. Did you have a successful week in fantasy football or was it another week of disappointment and frustration as the Premier League carried on going from strength to strength? We are however heading into a frustrating international break so have a little think about that as we go on through. Now, this evening, unfortunately, we are minus a few surgeons, so we are joined firstly by the editor-in-chief, the man that's ever consistent, he's been on every podcast, he has to be as he edits it, it's the Iceman. <laughs> thanks, Billy, thanks very much. Thanks Welcome for turning back. up. Yeah, thanks yeah, yeah, I thought, thanks I'd, uh, I, I thought, I thought I'd show, <laughs> so I quite fancy that. There's no beard to tickle tonight, no. there's no comedy moments from Woodsy, we'll be providing all the comedy, Woodsy is absent, he's hurt his neck. Aww, bless him. Does anybody have a small violin? <laughs> no, Woodsy, Woodsy has gained minor minor whiplash and will not be with us tonight. Unfortunately, Parker cannot join us either. So it's just me and the Iceman taking you through the usual topics. We are going to be covering the upcoming fixtures for this week, covering the usual panels, picks, maybe a few differentials and a slightly different theme going through each fixture. We're going to see, uh, see what your feedback's like on that. First of all, Iceman, let's have a little look at how our teams did this week. So yep. can you take me through yours? Uh, yeah, I did all right. I got 59 this week. It's actually moved me up to 19,000 overall. I had Lukaku, who I captained, did me well. He, he got a goal, so I was pretty hopeful on that. I was always worried about if Sanchez, Aguero or Ibrahimovic was going to score high. I didn't think it was a great captaincy at the time, but looking back, he scored me an 8 and then 16. So, yeah, not bad. I got Firmino, hit me with 12. Wilcock got a 6. I just brought in Monreal. He got me a clean sheet and Excellent. a bonus. I was tempted on bringing Bellerin in because I had the money, yeah. but then I wanted to spare the the point five to to sub out my non-playing Mark Wilson, who's on my bench. But <laughs> yeah, not bad. The rest of them didn't really fare well. Ben Teke got me a goal, I suppose. A pretty good week. It's moved me up to first in our mini league. So some good progress there. I think with um, the, the Christian Ben Teke debate i'm going to raise that in a bit when we talk about the fixtures and the lineups because i think he's a really interesting one and, and certainly the development of the belgian strikers in the premier league this season so we'll come to that in just a moment yep. can i just come back to wilson on your bench <laughs> yeah well when, I, when did when did he even get selected for your bench was well, this a wild card it uh, was punt? it was it was on the wild card it wasn't really a punt it was more to save money because i had to so i mean like a lot of teams don't play their fifth defender so I just thought if I just whack a four million in there and no one was playing at the time like Amat went up Kingsley went up to 4.1s yeah. I just thought hopefully Mark Wilson you know maybe Smith will get injury or something and then he might come in at right back he did score yeah. in their cup game yeah uh, yeah it was just a punt really and then it's about time I get rid of him because not last week gone but the week before I actually only had two defenders playing I think so it was <laughs> yeah that, that is the danger isn't it when you when you commit to four million pound defenders the one issue is how long they're going to play for i've certainly got the same issue with stephen kingsley who started the season very well for swansea looked a consistent performer but as soon as they got some players back his stock has now dropped so i'm having to look at him 
Also, I've had Holgate in for a while and he's not playing either. So again, I've been stuck with a similar dilemma of only having a limited amount of defenders that I know will play. So I've had to adjust that this week. But a good week overall for you, moving you up again. So yeah, great stuff there. I didn't do too badly either. So I beat the average of 42 to get 50 points myself. I would usually just name one or two standouts. But as we're minus a few surgeons, I'm going to go through all of them. <laughs> um, my biggest surprise, as I said to you pre-pod, was Eric Bailly. Yeah. Two points, I thought, coming his way. All of a sudden, I checked my uh, FPL app, which is inconsistent at the best of times, to find that he'd got three bonus points. I'm not sure how the hell that happened, but I will take that all day long. So I've got a nice <laughs> five off him. Again, uh, defensive failures in Stones, McCauley and Foster in goal. Frustratingly, West Brom looking like they were heading for some kind of uh, clean sheet result there. Oh, killed sudden, me as well, yeah. Up steps Sunderland with that strike. So disappointing there. Big performers in midfield. Uh, no one, really. Sterling got one. <laughs> Kapoor got two. Sanchez got me three for his clean sheet. My big performer, though, was Firmino. I backed him amongst the... I guess we, we've talked about the spread of points in that Liverpool midfield, but Firmino came up with the goods with a goal and uh, assisted the penalty. So glad I went for him. Up front, Aguero captaincy fail, only got me four points. The other two strikers actually came in, though. I got 12 points for deadly Diego Costa. Yeah. yeah very, very good at the moment. And Christian Stuani as well. <laughs> I've kept in since his early season form. He is another cheap player who I'm noticing is getting minutes for Middlesbrough. I've liked him when I've seen him playing. I think he's got the odd goal with him, or in him rather, here and there. So I, I've kind of committed to him as a player that's offsetting my expensive midfield and strike force. And actually, it's working quite well for me. He's very high up on the goal conversion the statistics at the moment. There's probably a reason for that, because he doesn't get that many minutes. So he doesn't get that many shots on goal. But the shots he does seem to seem to go in lately. So... Yeah, he's, great. He's, he's a good punt, but um, I would consider removing him at some point, surely. He, he will go eventually. Basically, I'm having to rebuild my team from the back upwards. I've uh, I've committed to Koscielny as my transfer for this week. Yeah. Um, I'm trying my best to do the opposite to previous seasons, not to take too many hits. I've managed to avoid taking a minus four this season. Actually, it's it, I think, stood me in better stead. I, I've shot up our league. Overall, where am I? Let's have a look. 115,000. So, yeah. you know, that's nothing to turn your nose up at, is well, it? Well, it's still pretty good, yeah. isn't it? You're up there. You're within reach, really. I mean, you've got to consider all the players which are probably above me might have used their wild cards, triple captain and bench boost. So, you've got to be pretty proud that you're within that 200,000. I'm happy. My, my goal this season is to get in the top and then stay in the top sort of 50,000. That would be real progress. So, let's yeah. see how we go with that. I'd say one league that I'm uh, I'm smoking at the moment is the Banterbury League. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, top of that with with 19 points. It seems to be a head to head league. I've no idea how it works, but I but I'm winning it. So a little work. bit of success there. <laughs> yeah. Making a good name for us, mate. A good well, name. let's have a little look then at our top 10 in the uh, surgery podcast league. Certainly hundreds and hundreds of people in that now. So thank you for joining that. We'll give you the code to log into that at the end of the podcast. Going through the top 10, in 10th place, we have William Dollar Baby, that's Tom Coombe, 417 points, got 50 this week. Biggles Wingmen, that's Patrick Houghton in 9th, great name. We've got Adida Oscar, which is Nate Thomas, another regular. This is a nice play on words. Coma New Blues, Paul Mitchinson. <laughs> We've got Yoga Benito with 
and that's Junior Jehu. Apologise if I if I pronounced that wrong. Oh, yes, right. We've got a a big Stoke fan here, Boney twenty seventeen. That's Anton Thorson. Well done to you, sir. You're in fifth. We've got differential eleven, which is the FPL forecast, up into fourth this week. Big quick, jump for them. Quick comment on that one. He yeah. he looks like he's just chosen all differential players, as in probably underneath ten percent owned, and obviously it's working well for him. He doesn't have Agüero in his team. He's pretty high up. He's 3,000 overall. So it's... He's had a stunning week this week. He had Koscielny with 15. He had Firmino captain with 24. He's had Son, Dini, Costa and Lukaku. That is a very strong week. He's, he's done well, hasn't he? Shout out to him. His, I think his Twitter handle is just simply FPL Forecast at FPL very, very Forecast. Strong. Well, another regular on the pod, on the uh, podcast mini league, Yippy Kabai MF. That's Sushank Garag, and I'm wondering if he wants me to pronounce that Yippy Kabaye or something like that. But uh, yeah. very strong effort. <laughs> uh, Espen Anderson is down to second now with Andersons, and top of the league we've now got Douglas Munro with the mysterious Duke. He's new, isn't scoring. he? I think he is a newbie to the league. Yeah. Now, he really profited from defence this week. He had Morgan, Bellerin, Azpilicueta and Walker. Oh, wow. So very, very strong at the back. And the, the money a bit more spread throughout his team. Although his bench is... Well, no, the, the bench isn't too bad, but it's uh, yeah, evenly spread. It just shows because a lot of people are searching for clean sheets at the moment. If you look at that team, he's got more Morgan Bellerin, Aspera and Walker, all from four different teams that all have got clean sheets. It shows if you've got the right players, you, yeah, you can get those clean sheets. My question is, though, what changed this week? Because it just seemed a lot of the top teams sorted their act out a little bit. We had that conversation with uh, Tom Campbell on the podcast a few weeks back about uh, the, the absence of defensive points. And all of a sudden, we've got a player right at the top of our mini-league who's uh, profiting from them. So what changed this week, do you think? It's probably the rhythm that all the top teams are getting into now. They've played a few games, they're starting to get their foothold in the league. And if you look at the league now, it does show the quality is at the top. Because of the, the changes of you're not allowed to grapple, you're not allowed to pull people down, and then you know they give a penalty for that. Teams like Leicester, and I know they've got a clean sheet as well, teams like Leicester are not benefiting from that rule because they're tending to get quite a lot of headed goals if you look at the game against United. Yeah. But if you look at the Premier League now, it is showing the, the quality teams are at the top and there's, there is a reason for that. Absolutely. So you think the change in kind of the the physical side of the game is is actually benefiting the the top clubs a little bit more. That kind of grinding out performance is less of a yeah. It shows the class now, doesn't it? Absolutely. Well, they're certainly shining through. I mean, one thing I would say is you can, you can say for sure the top teams and the top players have really come to the dance this season, haven't they? Yeah. Well, let's move on then to our, our main topic this week. Now, you'll be used to regular listeners will be used to us going through panels, picks, and differentials. Again, we had a bit of a chat about this before the pod, and we thought it might be more helpful with two of us just to review each fixture and have a think about some shout-outs for you to, to consider on a panel's pick and differential level. I'm going to start with Chelsea versus Leicester. Yeah. Now, a bit of a role reversal from last season. Chelsea doing much better now. Leicester, I think, finding their feet, although in the Champions League they're absolutely flying. Who have you got your eye on on this game? Chelsea look like they've they've gone back to a back three now, which is kind of Conte's way. Moses did, did play at right wing back. I know that probably Conte came in and he didn't want to change much or change it where it's going to change the dynamic completely. So I think he's now resorting to the back three. I know it was against Hull, but I do think going forward, I know I've kind of said, don't go near him because of the yellow cards and the red cards. But Diego Costa, he's just yeah. he's grabbing the points each week now, isn't he? He got the goal and the assist last game. 
and you can see him just getting a lot more. He's up there on the stats. He's second to Ibrahimovic on goal attempts alone and shots inside the box. He's, he's again right up there. I think he's third on that. So... Yeah, Diego Costa, he's, he's in a way quietly doing really well. And you look at his scores, which you've benefited from. He's one of the top players at the moment. Can, we, I, can I just you, throw in a stat, another stat about Costa there yeah, for sure. you? Just because yeah. I think he he had that big first season, got injured, and then people started to write him off as a bit of a thug. Just to add to that, since he joined Chelsea, only Aguero and Kane have scored more Premier League goals than him. And oh, he scored wow. 30. Well, he scored before the weekend. Yeah. It was um, it was 38. So, actually, he's prolific. When I come back to this, quite often players can get injured for a little while. We write them off completely. And actually, he, he is a 40, 50 goal a season striker at Atletico Madrid by background. So, I'm not surprised to see this. And I think if he stays fit and on the pitch, he'll, you know, we'll continue to benefit from him all season. Yeah, no, I agree with that totally. He's definitely one to watch. Yeah, I'm a- watching him every week. Yeah. He's, uh, he's <laughs> donating kindly to my points so. <laughs> I, I do I, I'm trying to worm him in but in the heart I, I don't really want to bring him in because I just don't like the effect of worrying about those yellow and red cards I know he still hasn't got a red card which Reese, a member did say a couple of weeks ago he was almost guaranteeing that I think he was going to put a bet on it but yeah he's still staying away from it so if if you're not looking at him it's probably because you've got Kaku Aguero or Ibrahimovic yeah I have to agree with that one other player I'm going to throw out from this game I still don't trust that Chelsea back line. I know they kept a clean sheet against Hull at the weekend, but I do also believe the wheels are going to start to come off for Hull now. They had a bit of a fairy tale start to the season, but this is no Leicester situation. I can see them starting to free fall somewhat. Yeah. I think the likes of Slimani can get at that Chelsea defence. Yeah. Good in the air. Frankly, David Luiz isn't. Um, I'm still completely shocked by Conte's decision to sign David Luiz, to be honest. I think a fast attacking Leicester strike force of Vardy, Mares, Slimani, the delivery of Albrighton can can really challenge this team. And I actually think this season Slimani looks a bigger goal threat than Vardy, just the way that they're playing, the link up play between him and Mares. Now, just to talk a bit about Slimani in terms of price, 8.6 million. So in that kind of mid to high striker range, I guess now we're getting to the point where you'd be having to sacrifice the likes of a Lukaku or a Costa if you were going to accommodate him. But 8.6 million, obviously he's playing Chelsea next, but then he's got Crystal Palace at home where I'd fancy him to notch as well. Then he's got Tottenham on the road, so maybe not so fruitful there. But I think for the next couple of games based on his Champions League form if nothing else he can he can get out that side yeah he's he's one of those hopeful ones I mean if you're looking to move up your leagues you've got to start taking risks and he's probably one of those players which is probably worth a risk I mean he's only owned by 2% isn't he so yeah uh, yeah, he's a massive differential Leicester if they do turn it on which they obviously can do which we saw last season you can see him probably benefiting from that and uh, notching a few goals yeah I like that well we've got a couple of suggestions um, for the Chelsea game they've you got anyone else you wanted to throw in the pot well i was just gonna say it's kind of not really throwing anyone in the pot but if you've got hazard maybe get rid he's gone downhill hasn't he started yeah. really well uh notching what was it a 10 i think he got four points and then 11 in his first three i think i gained from that and then i got rid but in his last two games he's only had two attempts on goal only one against hole uh oh no three attempts so he got two against arsenal and he's not playing the 90 minutes now mm. Whereas in the first four games, he was having 16 attempts on goal with four on target. But he really has fallen off the wagon now. So if you still have got Hazard, I do suggest probably getting rid. But a lot of people will see it a different way. It's just saying he's going for a little dip. But 
I just think, yeah, it's about time he goes. The price he is, what is he now, 10 mil? Yeah, uh, let's have a look. He's. I mean, yeah, I've got to agree with you there. It's, it's probably one of my biggest disappointments this season. I thought we were seeing kind of the rise of Eden Hazard, but unfortunately, it's not happened so consistently. Nine point nine million, he's worth now. Yeah, he's gone down now. Yeah, so he's so the commitment to him isn't there. The the alternative Chelsea midfielder would be Willian at seven point three million. He's uh, he's got himself ten points again this week. He's actually behind Hazard, Chelsea's highest scoring midfielder with 28 points this season. But again, he just seems so consistent, even when that team isn't performing. Yeah. He's a great option at 7.3 million. He's a good player for Chelsea every game, but for FPL, I don't see him being that consistent. I had him last year, and he was very on and off. Uh, you never know when you're going to get points, but he always seemed to play well, which is annoying. You hate players like yeah. that. They're the worst FPL players. Yeah, I've got to say that was my experience of David Silva early in the season, but the, the less said about that, the better. <laughs> Well, we'll leave that there. Let's go down to the opposite end of the table. Bournemouth versus Hull. I think Bournemouth are starting to gel. I like the settled midfield with Wiltshire playing at number 10 by the looks of things. And Wilson up front, I think he's looking sharper each week. Any thoughts on him? Yeah, he looked good the last game. He was bossing the Watford back for Proddles, having a hard time with him. Game, he, had, he had three attempts on goal, uh, two on target, So he's and, and he got the goal. So he's always got that goal threat about him. And he, he is the forefront of Bournemouth's attack. I mean, until they get Wilshere up and running, playing well, I do think Wilshere behind him will be a good provider for him. Yeah. He has the ability to, to you know, provide a lot of goals. We've seen it at Arsenal. Uh, he just needs to get going, although he did miss the sitter the last game and then he got yeah. pulled straight off, which was quite amusing. I mean, just one from, from this fixture I'm also interested in is uh, your old mate, your your relative or whoever, you, there was some link there last season, is Stanislas. <laughs> Bit of form in the last couple of games. He's, he's pulled in some bonus points. He's scored a goal. He's made an assist. He's still very cheap at only 5.5 million as an attacking player. And I do, again, like, like this fixture against Hull, I do fancy Bournemouth to score a couple here. Um, Tottenham next however and then Middlesbrough away so in terms of long term gains but potentially a cheap one to offset an expensive midfielder or striker yeah why not yeah, he, he was always a good option for me last year but he was only 4.5 so he's yeah. gone up since then probably a reason for it but yeah I don't see why not as a uh, maybe 4th or 5th so and again if, if you wanted to save that 0.5 the other one from the Bournemouth midfield and again the theme developing here is same as last season where the points were very spread but Harry Arter in midfield, three assists this season, won the highest in the Premier League, um, only five million. Again, he's going to get consistent playing time. Could be an option. <clears throat> he plays well for Bournemouth, but he's not high in the points for FPL. I mean, no. uh, Jack Wilshere did say he's one of the best players he's ever played with, which is a bit of a statement. But yeah, he plays in the middle of the park. He he does spread the play well. But yeah, he's he's a good player, but just I wouldn't say one for FPL for me. And Jack Wilshere's played with Andre Santos at Arsenal, so that's a big, <laughs> big statement. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest I've got nothing to offer from Hull this week I, I don't particularly fancy investing in any of their players at this point in time so I'm going to have to move on from them <laughs> well I'd say the the only shout which is he's gaining all the, all the uh, statistics at the moment which is Curtis Davis he's very solid at the back he's up there for all the high stats in, amongst the defenders but yeah it is Hull so you can see some goals going in there I can see Wilson scoring at least one if you're willing to go for a punt I'd say Wilson's probably a good bet uh, under Hull um, no, yeah, I'm the same with you, really. Not yeah, really. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna taint this discussion with a <laughs> suggestion. I'm sorry, any Hull fans out there? Well, let's come to uh, a team that we are very 
close to, and that is Arsenal, of course. Arsenal playing Swansea at home. Arsenal, you know, getting into some form and then literally stealing a victory against Burnley over the weekend. That was a deserved win. Yeah, fully deserved. Fully deserved, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Some non-biased gooners. Um, Koscielny cleanly striking the ball, not off his hand, into the back of the net. Having said that, that leaves us with a home tie against a Swansea side that have been a bit hit and miss this season, look good against Chelsea. Where are you kind of, what sort of direction are you moving in with this fixture? Well, it's got to go only one way really, isn't it? I can see Arsenal dominating this thoroughly. Uh, you look at the partnership between Mustafi and Koscielny, it just yeah. looks like they've bonded quite well. I see Mustafi is very vocal in the Arsenal back line. It has taken him a few yeah. games to get used to the Premier League, but now he just looks like a force. He did break in some bonus points this week on two bonus points, and he is only six million. I was just going to say he's only if I if we'd have had a differential section this week, I would have been talking about him because he's only owned by 0.8 percent. Appears to be less of a goal threat than than Koscielny. I think Koscielny can always pop up with a header at any time, but yeah. if for whatever reason you can't afford six point one or 6.2 million I think he's a a good option in that Arsenal back four yeah definitely I think he will rack in the bonus points because he, he does make a lot of tackles and a lot of interceptions so I think that does put him high up on the bonus points but I, I did bring in Monreal and he seems to I did watch the game. He didn't seem to do that much, but he got one bonus point over Bellerin. Bellerin was probably further forward. I, like I said at the start of the pod, I was thinking about bringing in Bellerin, but I actually saved that point five. In a way, it worked out because I got that one extra point. But um, yeah, I can see Arsenal getting a few clean sheets in their next few fixtures because they do have Swansea, Middlesbrough, then Sunderland in their next yeah. three. Arsenal defence is probably... A lot of people are bringing them in uh, yeah. currently. Yeah, I mean, certainly if you look at that run of fixtures, they, they look at a safe bet. Another one might be if you are willing to invest a bit in a goalkeeper, Czech is nailed on for that number one jersey. Yeah. Um, may not pull in too many bonus points with the quality of the attacking options, but as a solid keeper, if you just wanted to stick somebody in until the next wild card, he wouldn't be a bad option to invest the extra in. His value at the moment, um, just trying to it's 5.5. pull that up. It's a 5.5 yeah, at the he moment. Hasn't, he hasn't gone up. No, yeah. and I suppose he's, with, with the likes of, you know, Foster that people have been picking previously and Schmeichel at Leicester and Mandanda at Palace that there's cheaper options but he wouldn't be a bad one to invest the money in for a long term. Well you look at Mandanda and Foster they haven't really got many clean sheets lately have they so it it does seem to be the top team so maybe it's time to start investing in the top teams for your defenders instead of the lower teams because a lot of people I've seen on Twitter a lot of people are thinking oh there's no clean sheets at the moment. Well there is but it's finding them in those top teams. Obviously, it's going to cost you. So it's whether who you choose, really. I do think teams like Tottenham, Arsenal, even Chelsea, and Man United and City, they will come to the fruition and get you a fair amount yeah. of clean sheets. Yes, maybe it's time to start investing. Going forward, we have to put a word out to a seeming a friend of the pod now, which is Theo Walcott. We've backed him and backed him. He's doing it every week. He's got the assist again. I, I suppose to pose this question without going over what we do every week with Walcott and his explosive pace, etc., etc. Regarding Sanchez, so some people have, have, have got Sanchez in their midfield. Is it getting to the point now where people can afford to drop Sanchez in place of Walcott to spread the money elsewhere? Because we're talking literally a £3.5 million pound difference. Yeah, I can I can see that, but 
I kind of think he's a must-have. Uh, I mean, I have him in mine. I don't think you have him in yours, have you? Sanchez I do have, yes. Oh, I've got do? Sanchez. I don't have Walcott. I, I've kept Sanchez because he's playing up front, and for me yeah. at the moment, he, he is good for an explosive return, Sanchez. Every now and again, you'll just get a 20-point week, and it'll be all worth it. Yeah, and he is high up in those stats as well. Although Walcott is, he is higher than him for goals attempted. So, <laughs> And over the course of the season, he's only seven points behind him. Yeah. Yeah, they are matching up on stats, but I think Sanchez at the moment probably takes the edge for me for total gain because you can see a fair amount of goals and assists from him, whereas Wilcott, you can see the odd goal. But yeah, stats looking good for both of them. My, I think that the only scenario where I would consider dropping Sanchez in place of Walcott would possibly be if Hazard found form again and KDB came back from his injury for City and I really wanted to accommodate all of them I would consider dropping Sanchez for Walcott banking the three and a half million then spreading it to get those two players potentially in um, if Walcott was still on form but that that would probably be the only scenario at the moment so we've leaned towards Arsenal quite heavily in that discussion (laughs) of course there's some bias going on here I think we should at least entertain the idea of uh, of Swansea, but where is their main attack or or where's their main threat coming from, do you think, for points? Bob Bradley. Bob Bradley. Bradley. (laughs) I hope he's got some ideas because uh, Gwendoline clearly didn't. But, I mean, just uh, I I always like the look of of Sigurdsson when he plays at 7.2 million. I guess the surprise in terms of points this season has been Leroy Fair. Yeah, he's. But you saw his goal in the last game. It was a scramble. Uh, yeah. He just seems. To, he does. He's getting on the end of him at the moment. He does seem like to be Kapoe. in the right place at the right time. Yeah, a bit like Kapoe for the start of the season, who everyone was. Uh, you jumped on his bandwagon, did you not? I did. Yes. And, yeah. And uh, you were you were adamant he was going to play. You had him as your fourth. I still kept him as my fifth, just raking in the the money for me. So I will sell him eventually. I just don't think you're going to get many returns from him. But uh, veering off there, but. On fair, yeah, he does play quite high up, so yeah, he's worth an option. But I just didn't think they had good fixtures at the time. They've got Arsenal in this game, uh, but after that, they do have Watford, then Stoke. So, I I think the problem for for Swansea is the lack of a clinical centre forward. Lorente has a great pedigree in European football, but he's you know, I think you need pace to play in the Premier League. He's a good target man, but he's been kind of slow to start. He's got a couple of goals, but I think he's been a bit of a slow starter. If they had the the meet you type situation of three, two or three years ago, yeah. when you could bank on him being a threat in every game, you might look at Sigurdsson or uh, Fair a bit more. I think Fair would be a fair sort of a Fair would be a fair. <laughs> there we go. A bit of alliteration for you. He would be a, a good option as a cheap fifth midfielder at the moment, but um, I don't really fancy him against the the Arsenal with their defence. But we, we've laboured the point about Arsenal, so let's move on to our next fixture, and that is Man City versus Everton. Now, I'm really excited about this one. I don't know about you. Yeah, I can see a lot of goals in this game, especially with Claudio Bravo playing the way he is. You look at the last game where Spurs just hassled City. I think maybe Koeman, he's a bright fella. I think he's going to try and initiate that on City this game. The hassle, the hurrying, the making sure that they can't play and you know, getting Bravo from the back. Whee! 
That's, that's what Spurs did. They did have double the amount of fouls, which City did, but they won the game. That I thought it was probably the best game of the season so far for Spurs. And for, yeah, they were excellent. Yeah, they, they look really good. And I do think maybe Everton will try that. I don't know if it's going to be sustainable for the whole game because you need to have a lot of energy to keep Harry and like Spurs did. But the way City are playing, they do. They still played well. They didn't play badly. They just couldn't get their game together at times. And then Spurs just benefited from that and got those goals. But yeah, I can see a few goals from this. Maybe um, Lukaku grabbing one. Obviously, Aguero is probably going to get one as usual. Although City don't look as good without KDB. I do think that was a big no. hole in their midfield. No, I've got to agree with you there. I mean, I'm just going to pose one one player to you. David Silva, so looked to be playing a bit further forward. Earlier in the season we had this conversation when I put him in and he was playing holding midfield, so (laughs) I'm not going to harp back to that, but actually he did genuinely look to be playing a bit further forward. I wonder if Pep's trying to use him as the KDB replacement, would he be worth a punt for a couple of weeks just while KDB's getting it's, fit again? Yeah, it's it's a punt, isn't it? If you're putting someone to go in from City's midfield, it would be Sterling. I know he's injured at the moment, but for me it would be Sterling. He's playing awesome at the moment. Uh, you look at David Silva's positioning overall, he is right bang in the middle of the park, whereas players like Navas, Sterling are a bit further forward, so you can see them generating more points than Silva. But yeah, if if you're willing to take a punt, yeah, he's an expensive punt, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, very much uh, 8.7. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the rise of, of Sane. I think maybe not in the first half of the season, but I think eventually we're going to see some real returns from him. He's only, he's only 7.7 million at the moment, so I don't think put him in yet, but I can see him, in, you know, having seen some previous footage of him and playing for Germany I can see him coming very good yeah. eventually so yeah. but we, we I suppose we've had a bit of a convoluted discussion there so who, who are we saying are the nailed on picks for this City Everton game well it's yeah the obvious in Aguero and Lukaku so no um, defenders no goalkeepers I, I just the, I, the big men up front I reckon this is going to be a high scoring game so yeah I would say just look at the attackers for this particular game if you have got either one of them I wouldn't remove them from your team keep them both in yeah Okay, the next game to come up is Stoke and Sunderland, which I was hoping we could probably just um, filter past, but we're going to have to cover it. So I'll be honest with you, nobody really appeals to me too much from this this game. I am wondering if this is going to be the rise of Wilfred Boney, though. Yeah. Um, kind of waiting for him to come good for Stoke. If there's any defence he's going to do it against, it feels like Sunderland at the moment. Yeah, well, Stoke gave a good bash against United. Uh, I know that United had a fair amount of chances against them, but they did fare well, uh, and they managed to get a point. So it looks like the Stoke bashing might have ended now. Well, hopefully so. I mean, Stoke are a good club, and I think Hughes has done well to try and change their style, but it's just not really happened for them this season. So if you're going for anyone, Wilfred Boney might be a good differential against Sunderland this weekend. Any Sunderland players you'd shout at this point? Um, well, Van Anholt. He always gets forward, doesn't he? Uh, yes, he, he, he was, was the one he, that stole our clean sheet, wasn't he? Yeah, he stole it. Like, I did have uh, Macaulay and Foster, which he did steal that nice eight points from me. But um, yeah, Van Anholt, you can see players like even Kazari, he played the full game. Uh, he gets forward. Uh, Jermaine Defoe was a bit quiet uh, last game. Watmore did have a good game, but he's always getting subbed on, isn't he? Even, I've got to say, even, I, I quite fancy Defoe in this game to notch. You, you reckon Defoe? I, I could see him score. If I was going to hang my hat, I mean... Sunderland strike force is so weak. They've got Anachebe and Barini, yeah. uh, both of whom have got injury concerns. So Defoe is going to get the minutes. 
and I think with his strike rate at the moment, I would fancy him to score against this Stoke defence. Yeah, he always does get a lot of chances. You, you look at his attempts on goal so far this season, he's got 21 with seven on target. And he's got a fair amount of goals for so far. So, yeah, you can see it. You could, you could punt on him if you've got a slot available up front, even changing your uh, Stuani to Defoe. That might be an option for you. I'll have to find another couple of million. But yes, I'd, I would like that to happen eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Let's shuffle the pack a little bit first. I think that's enough said on that game. I can't see many FPL managers committing to that. If you do have any ideas about potential picks from that game that we are missing, tweet us at FF underscore surgery. Let us know who you think. Is there there anyone that me and the Iceman have have perhaps overlooked? You're confident we'll we'll do well this week. Mm. West Brom versus Spurs. Now, this is an interesting one. Baggies started the season quite reliable at the back. Tottenham becoming more and more of a force moving forward. But that performance against City without Harry Kane, their talisman, is as good a performance as I've seen in the past season in the Premier League. Did you did you see it? And what were your views on it? Yeah, I saw it. They looked solid. I said before they didn't have Kane, no Dyer, no Dembele. It, it, I think it comes down to the impact of Son. He seems to give them a bit more mobility up front than than Kane would usually offer. And I did notice Deli Ali seemed to be sort of getting more forward into that number ten role, possibly yeah. with the space that he he created for him. But again, Deli Ali who was going to be my pick for this game, I thought was absolutely superb at the weekend. His, his kind of some of the runs he made forward for some of uh, Spurs' chances and his goal, his combination play with Son was was excellent. I don't think he's a bad shout at the moment as a midfield option, even at his price. The traffic is busy for Son at the moment. I think he's got more transferred in than any other players. So he, Well, he's still only 8%, so he's technically a differential. So at 7.6 million, get him in. Yeah. He'll be going up as well. But then, like you say, Deli Alley, he might be a good option. I don't know anyone in our little mini-league that actually has any Spurs players other than no. like maybe uh, Walker. But the strike force, they're getting loads of chances currently. And yeah. yeah, you can see a lot more goals coming from them. I think it's um, if, if you look at the spread of their midfield, and actually they're, they're quite... I suppose undervalued Spurs, considering they're a side that finished in the top four last season. You've got Lamella at 6.9. You've got Sissoko, who's 6.8. Ali, 8.2. Son, 7.6. Ericsson, 8.2. So none of them are the, the higher-priced midfielders. And yet, if you get Spurs on a run of games like they are at the moment, they could be well well worth the money. Yeah. I mean, it sounds silly, but sometimes even lower prices do put teams off. It's like, oh, yep. maybe they're a lower price for a reason. Ali did start at 8.5. He has dropped to 8.2. So you can see why people were like, oh, quite reluctant to get him. But maybe he's he's going to hit form now. Now is um, the time. Yeah. I think it's difficult with Son in the form that he's in with the, you know, if we look over, I'm just going to have a little look at his uh, his stats over the last few weeks. So he, he's had that big 19-point haul for Spurs when they won 4-0 away at Stoke. You've had there was a, a three-point game after that, but then you've got 15 points against Middlesbrough, six points last week. And then in between that, you've had some great performances in the Champions League. So the guy is on fire at the moment. Yeah. And, and again, just historically looking at him, this is another player not scoring as well last season, but given his chance, he's really coming through. When he played in Germany, I believe he started at Hamburg, went on to Leverkusen. He was one of the top strikers in the league, considering he was playing at perhaps more mid-table clubs and still scoring sort of 
10, 15, 20 goals a season. So again, he is someone who has stacks of potential and now he's getting a run of games. We're seeing it. Yeah, gets loads of attempts on goal with 18 so far in just the four games he's played. You watch him in, in the game before last as well. He just wants to score. Sometimes you feel like he should pass, but yeah, it pops off a shot and uh, that's always very hopeful for FPL. Very much so. And if you happen to captain him, just based on his last four performances, he's actually got a, a clean sheet bonus in three out of his last four games. So we laugh, but that soon doubles up. So Sonja man for cleanies and goals, it seems, this week. Um, what about the baggies? Is there anyone particularly that's jumping out there? Chadley. Yeah, Woodsy, I was hoping you'd say that. Woodsy shouted him a few weeks back. I did say it might be a flash in the pan. He then had a blank the next game. But then last week, he's he's scored. He's in that number 10 for West Brom. And they do seem to be getting a few more goals more yep. than last season. So you can see some hope in him. He's got the pedigree. But you saw it at Spurs when he scored a load of goals there. Yeah, he, he's one which still quite cheap. How how much is he now? He's only, he's only 6.4 million, yeah. owned by 2.7. So at this point... I think he's one of those players, again, at that price, if he has another big weekend, you could see a lot of people transferring him in. I know we haven't focused too much on price rises this season, but I think another good week and you'll see a bit of an avalanche of people going towards him. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. I think the other thing is, for the first time, we're talking about a West Brom striker. Parker made a really good point, probably back at the start of the season. West Brom is very hard to trust them going forward. and I would say that's probably been the case for the last few years. I can't think of the last time other than maybe Sessegnon from about three seasons back when you could bank on one of their players coming up every other week with the goods. Chadley could buck that trend a little bit and we're seeing that over the last couple of weeks. Certainly very good for Tottenham whenever he played last season. I think he's a great buy for them. Yeah, agree with that. Great bargain for them, really. Very much so and consistent. And it's what he needs to get into the Belgium squad for these uh, these World Cup qualifiers. Mm of which England have no players um, or a manager. So um, that's by the by, though. Let's move on to the uh, the Battle of London. So we've got Palace versus West Ham. Interesting season for both clubs so far. Billich's side not quite living up to their high standards, at least at the back of last season. Certainly going forward, things are starting to click. Yeah, it's Pyatt saving them, really. Um, yeah. He's obviously got the assists off to a team nearly every week. This this week he scored a goal. It's his first goal in 11 games, though. So maybe maybe it will start uh, snowballing now for him. But West Ham, yeah, they always seem to get a couple of goals. I had a brief conversation with Woodsy, and <laughs> he did say Arsenal looked boring. Did he say that his neck hurt? <laughs> he said that his neck hurt. And he okay. said that Arsenal looked boring, but at least with West Ham you get entertainment and you get a load of goals, which is true. They do seem to score a few and let in a load of goals as well. But yeah, you could see this going either way, this one, can't you? I I think so, because again, Palace with the, and I was going to bring this up, the threat of Benteke just seems to look a bit, they've now got that, that figurehead in their team where you can just see them notching a goal. They've got a great attack Palace behind the front man. You've got the likes of Punch and Zaha. We've got Townsend as well, who's looked good since he's joined. They've just needed that reliable centre forward, which I don't believe Connor Wickham is, at least in the short term. But Benteke, we know on his day, can be a 20-goal-a-season striker. And Actually, you look at the rise of Lukaku, you've got Benteke, you've got Origi, you've got Batshuayi in the league as well. There's a lot of competition amongst the Belgium strikers and it seems to be bringing the best out of all of them. 
Yeah. When they play, of course. Yeah, they do look good. They gave Everton a good go in the last game. Everton had control in the first half, but towards the end, Crystal Palace really looked like they were just wanting to win that game, and they looked like they were going to get a second. They're obviously, like we've said before, their crosses in the box, they are top on the stats. 198 crosses in the box so far this season, with the lowest being whole, just on 91. So it just shows the difference in the crossing, yeah. and obviously Benteke scored his goal another of a header uh, yeah. from across and their success rate isn't bad either they're on 55% success rates and again that is the highest for crosses into the box so yeah you can see Benteke benefiting from these crosses more and more as the season goes on uh, I like Palace's threat moving forward I think in terms of West Ham I'm just going to come back to the Payet situation because you are starting to see the rise of a man who's had his break following the the, uh, the Euros where he's arguably the best player there 9.4 million and the last four game weeks he's scored nine or ten in three of them so we're seeing that real return to form he does look a class act and I think again if you see another week of, of 10 plus points from Payet you could see a lot of people going in that direction I'm certainly starting to think about him as a as a long-term option as a keeper 9.4 million is actually a lot for a midfielder considering the ones we've raised the likes of the 8 million average at Spurs but if he carries on like this with the, the form of Antonio he could be a go-to the worry there is they've actually started putting a right back up front as well. Was, That's no right back, let's be honest. He, well, obviously he's not a right back, but you know, they start, he started the season at right back. Um, yeah. But then again, that could put the favour in uh, Pyatt's way where they're going to resort to him for goals, whereas just having Antonio up front, I don't know if that's going to last very long because who have they got? They've got new guy Zaza. They've Zaza, got, yeah. Uh, they've got, um, what's his name? Calamari. Calamari, we'll call it. <laughs> I think it's oh, Caleri. Caleri, but... that's the one. Yeah, they've got Caleri and then they've got the the youngster who they bought as well. Again, I'm forgetting his name, Woodsy. Uh, where, are, where are you when you, we need you? Yeah, Fletcher. Fletcher from United. Uh, yeah, uh, they've got all those strikers and then they're starting Antonio up front. Maybe Billick is seeing something in training which a lot of people aren't. I don't think he's a striker. I did watch part of the game. It could be just the fact he's the only one that's put the ball in the net for them yeah, this season. Maybe, yeah. I mean, the next few games they've got... Obviously, they've got Palace away, but they've got Sunderland at home after that and then Everton away. I... I just think for me, last season, Payet, as long as he was fit, became fixture-proof. And I think if he if he goes another week of scoring well, he could become that fixture-proof again. So I'll be uh, looking out for him in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, Middlesbrough versus Watford, the next game. Kapoe. <laughs> the obvious shout. Been a bit quieter in these last few weeks, Kapoe. Yeah, no, I think he's dropped back a little bit in his games. Looking at his overall positioning in the last game alone, he is bang centre in the middle of the pitch, whereas before he was a little bit further forward. Now you're seeing the lights of even the right back, Arabat. Uh, the acrobat at right back. <laughs> yeah, and Perea getting forward further than him. So uh, obviously Agalo and Dini are further forward as well. And then you've got Success, who's just come into fruition. Well, he notched the goal of the last game. But I can't see Kapoe still scoring much his stats are still down if you've got him use him as a fifth midfielder not as a fourth so you're moving away from Kapuwe now now feels the time yeah well I'm keeping him as a fifth for me he's just one to come in if I desperately need him well I'm actually going to um I'm going to back my own player here in Stuani he's um he's playing regularly for them and as a 5.1 million pound striker just supplementing my team that is exactly what I want he's he's got 25 points for the season I think he was one of those players that 
came to the Premiership in a, no offence to Middlesbrough, in a smaller club, given he does have an international pedigree. So I don't think he'd be a bad shout if you were trying to save some money this week and invest kind of in a, in a Lukaku Costa partnership with Sanchez in midfield. I don't have that combination, by the way. Um, but but of Middlesbrough, I would back him. In terms of their, their strikers other than Stuani, with the likes of Negredo and Jordan Rhodes, I know they went with Jordan Rhodes over the weekend. Negredo started well, and I think we all had a bit of nostalgia from a couple of seasons back when he was banging all those goals for City when they had Aguero and, and Dzeko firing on all cylinders. Just gone a bit more quiet in the last few weeks. Perhaps lost their way a little bit, Middlesbrough, in terms of finding the net on a regular basis. So I, I would probably opt for Stuani over all of them at the moment anyway, whether I had the money or not. There's always a danger that Negredo could come good. He's a top player, isn't he? You, you can see the goals being distributed between the two. The only thing is, uh, I am a stat man, and yeah, his stats don't look great. He's not hitting that many shots. He, he wasn't when he was scoring, though, so who knows, it, it could come good. Um, people are ditching friend the the left back oh friend uh, he <laughs> He's still putting in pretty good performances. Middlesbrough in the Championship was the best for clean sheets, and I do think, yeah, against weaker opposition, they, they may be they may be able to hit that again. I, I am thinking I've got 0. 0.5 to spend to bring out Wilson. I am thinking of either bringing in him or Francis from Bournemouth because he rotates well with Amat mm. uh, from Swansea. But yeah, friend is is an option for me still. He still does get forward and uh, puts in some crosses into the box. He he is another option if 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 you're considering that 4.5 defender. Well, Stu, I mean, if we look at Middlesbrough's next few games, if we're looking for a longer-term investment, Watford at home, so not a bad fixture to pick a pick friend in. Arsenal away, I'd probably steer clear of that one, if I'm being honest, for a Middlesbrough defender. But then Bournemouth at home, so potentially two out of the next three could be possible options for having that Middlesbrough differential defender. Actually, looking at it, looking at the rest of the fixtures, they then have Man City, Chelsea, Leicester. So probably a bit put off by that now. Actually, I did say for the about... next three, not the next three. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about my options of uh, actually bringing someone in, friend, maybe that's not a good option. <laughs> Uh, the Iceman retracts everything he's just said with yeah. apology. So, yeah. well, let's move on to the Saints versus Burnley again. Saints starting to look more solid at the back. My player I was going to shout for them this week was Cedric, the European Championship winning right back. To complement the European Championship winning centre half, they have as well. That that's quite a story in itself. But I like the way he looks, Cedric. I think he gets forwards well. I think he's solid at the back. In terms of price. Can can we break two seconds? Because I, I really yeah. need a piss. Go on. Yeah, priced at five million. So if you want a way into the Saints' defence, he's. Not a bad option. The only word of caution is they then play City and Chelsea. Although, potentially some points at home against Chelsea. No, I'm not going to go with that. No, I think he's <laughs> he's going to be potentially one game with a view to keeping in future as a squad player. But uh, certainly if you were looking at the Saints back four this week, I, w- I would certainly look at him as big a threat for points as I would the likes of Fonte, Van Dijk and Bertrand. Just as a alarm bell, he he was forced off an ankle injury on 27 minutes. Hopefully it's not serious, but yeah, he hopes to be back for the next game. Yeah, just a note. He will be fine. On a serious note, though, do check that before you transfer him in. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, anyone you're looking at from this fixture? Yeah, again, I was going to opt for on the Saints back for Virgil van Dijk. He got the three bonus points in the last game. Is always a attacking threat from set pieces. Yeah, the Saints back four are looking good. They haven't conceded in the last four games. They're looking strong. A lot of people jumped on the Saints defense. I think it was last season or the season before. Get constant clean sheets. Obviously, it's, they're going to trip up at some stage, probably against Chelsea itself. But yeah, they do look strong. I can see Redmond. A lot of people took him out because he wasn't providing any points. But at, at six mil, is he six mil? Let me just double check his price. Uh, Five point nine now. So uh, yeah, he's gone down because a lot of people were taking him out because of the lack of FPL points. But he is getting a lot of shots on goal, and I can see him scoring soon. He's still playing up front, whether it's with Austin or Long. He's still getting the games up there. Another shout would be Austin, who has uh, scored. Well, I think it's one in the Premier League, but he's he's been a lot more consistent in Europe. Yeah, you can see something coming from Southampton's attack, especially in this fixture against Burnley. I know they had a great game against Arsenal, uh, a defensive game, but I can't see away from home that they're going to be able to keep keep no. that up. Also, it does take a lot of effort to keep up that defensive solidarity yeah. uh, throughout every single game. Maybe they can do it, I don't know. They're, they're a bit of a force at home, but maybe away... You might be able to get a few goals against them, like Southampton, I do think will. Yeah, I think um, as centre-back partnerships go, Fonte and Van Dijk are as good a a pairing as you'll see in the league. So they've got the potential to do that, but it uh, remains to be seen. Um, I'm not going to shout any any Burnley players, because to be honest, I'm devastated by the lack of Andre Gray action this season. But let's move on to... The game of the weekend, Liverpool versus Manchester United, one of the biggest rivalries in English football. Yes, bigger. Um, even though not directly local clubs, but certainly down the years of the Fergie era and United wrestling the, the record away from them. Who are you looking particularly for in this game? As the, these teams will feature heavily already in FPL manager sides. Well, you look across the Liverpool midfield, everyone should have at least one Liverpool player by now. Some people are doubling up. They've scored 26 goals in the last nine games, and that's with 10 different goal scorers. Yeah, any one of those players can uh, get a goal for you. I mean, like people who have moved out for Mino do think you may be misjudged there because... He is getting in all the good positions. He's always searching for the ball. He's always moving. His play on and off the ball is is top class. He does look a good player for them. Sometimes... like I was just going to say to add to you, your comment there, like Sanchez, he starts up front. Yeah, he does. He's another one of these midfielders that, that starts up front. And I think Klopp prefers him to Sturridge. Yeah, I agree with that. He's still in my team. He's he's in yours as well, is he not? Absolutely, uh, so, yeah. He's yeah, been yeah, there for, since the start. Yeah, I mean, Lalana went off with an injury in the last game, only getting one point, but he was, he's was he been raking in the points recently. But moving on to United, there's one man there who you're all scared of not having. It's Ibrahimovic. He's top of all the stats tables attempts on goal shots uh, in the box he's he's top of all of them and he is due a goal i think we can safely say he is due yeah it is coming he he's the floodgates will will come back open for him they obviously started at the start of the season and then faded away for a couple of games i think all of us non-zlatan owners are getting lucky yeah he's going to start scoring a few the the stats say say so and i always live by the stats they will come true well, that's why you are the stat man. You live and die by your data. So I've got to say, I'm not one of the 51% of owners of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But absolutely, you can see him suddenly going on a run of games and scoring. Uh, he loves a, he loves an occasion. And Liverpool 
could well be it. So it might be worth making sure that you have him in your side for this week. Just in terms of a change in trend over the years in fantasy football, Rooney for a while was a an absolute go-to for most managers as a consistent starter and scorer. Only owned by 3.2% of managers. Marcus Rashford owned by 9.3 now and only 6.9 million does look like a great option and alternative if you can't afford Zlatan. Yeah, as long as he gets games. Marshall's now, uh, Anthony Marshall, is, is now back. He obviously got the goal in the last game. Yep. Him and Rooney had an impact where they each came on and then scored straight away. Don't, uh, overlook Pogba though load of goal attempts shots in the box gets forward he he does still look strong he is he's not worth the 100 million price tag but if you're looking for a, a little differential to add in maybe him against the Liverpool back which are still letting in goals they just can't keep a clean sheet at the moment no, they, they I, really can't I did bring in Loverham on a hope that they would looking at their fixtures and no in the last two obviously he was ill and then last game yeah I'm just going to, for the sake of of differentials here and not having the same conversation each week about the the bigger players, I'm going to throw out there two England internationals for you. Jesse Lingard is one of them. Last couple of games has got 66 and 77 minutes notching an assist and obviously picking up a clean sheet. So Mourinho's trust in him seems to be growing. Only 5.7 million, only owned by 0.4% of FPL. Any any kind of confidence in him or do you still think it's too early? Well, yeah, it could be. I mean, he is getting games, isn't he? Mourinho's looking for that. This midfielder? Yeah, Mourinho's looking for that speed on the whip. I did have him last season when he was a little bit cheaper. Uh, I tell you a player that's just come to my attention who I've, I've regularly overlooked, but one matter as well, still only 7.4 million. Yeah, getting games as well now that Rooney's out. And looking him. looking good in that. I'm really surprised because I thought under Mourinho he might be treated the same as Chelsea, but clearly a, a different system for Mourinho this time round and sees him as part of that. Yeah, he's their highest uh, midfield scorer at the moment. You're... 30 points, yeah. So your, your phone's going off again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, he is a decent player. Just Jose never thought that at Chelsea, did he? Didn't fit into a system, but no. um, as we've seen with a lot of Chelsea players, a lot of them could arguably do with going back there now. So the last one I'm going to chuck out from this game, it's a controversial one, but it, it, it's coming to my attention more and more often. He's another England player at 6.6 million, player full of personality. It's James Milner. Milner, yeah. He is scoring regularly with the dynamic offensive player of Liverpool. They are getting more penalties and he's absolutely nailing them every time to the point of which he's actually joint top scorer in their midfield with Coutinho which is a hell of a lot obviously he's playing left back so whether that is sustained or not I'm not sure I suppose just the point being where they are attacking so much more the potential for penalties is greater and he's a safe bet do you think he'd be someone you consider, or do you think it's going to be short-lived? He, he does get forward on, on the left-hand side. He more or less plays yeah. as a left midfielder. I know he starts in the left-back uh, position. He, he creates a lot of chances, 14 so far this season. But yeah, he's, he, he doesn't actually get any goal attempts apart from the penalties, and all of his penalties have gone in, so he's got a 100% goal conversion rate at the moment. If you're looking for goals from open play, maybe he's not the man, but Liverpool seem to be getting the penalties, so why not? Could be a massive differential for a lot of players. Partial to an assist as well, potentially. 
Yeah, well, we've we've created fourteen chances so far. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. And he and he picked up all the bonus points in the last game, which shows that his all round game is very much there as well. The last couple of weeks, James Milner has picked up ten points, fourteen points. He had a five point game week a couple of weeks ago after a ten point game week. So. This is consistency we're looking at from a player that deserves to play regularly that he didn't at City. So great yeah. to see. Yeah, yeah. So that takes us through all the FPL fixtures for the uh, for the coming week. Hopefully, there that's given you a few ideas around potential differentials and some of the more obvious starters. Um, Iceman, have we got anything from Twitter? We do. We do have a few questions from Twitter. I don't think we've got enough time to go through them all, so I'll just try and pick out the good ones. Let's do that. Of course, we think all of your questions are really good, but Iceman's just just cherry-picking now. Yeah, so first one comes from Kaz67 at Kaz Celtic. It says, I would like to know if I should keep Firmino or bring in Son. Liverpool fixtures are the only thing stopping me. What do you reckon, Billy? I actually think if you've got Firmino already, he would not be the person I sub out for, for Son. I do agree Son is a is a strong player. Mm. Um, he's on form at the moment. But I think Firmino, like we said just a minute ago, with starting an attack up front every week, I do believe that he isn't one to get rid of at the moment. I'd be very interested to see what Kaz's other midfield looks like. Yeah, if you've got Firmino, I would definitely hang on to him. I know he's got United next, but there still could be points there because they're at home. But then after that, looking at West Brom at home, Crystal Palace, Watford, then Southampton, then they've got Sunderland, Bournemouth, West Ham, Middlesbrough. You can't get any better fixtures than that, really. Uh, I know you've got Southampton in the middle there, but I would even think about doubling up on Liverpool midfielders at some point. Yeah. Looking at how well they're playing and the amount of points they're all scoring, it's definitely an option. I think the other thing with Firmino last season, I mean, the, the, the second half of the season, literally, there, there was barely a game week where he didn't do something. And again, I think now he's Liverpool have kind of found their system. He's playing regularly up front. I can I can see that kind of run of points happening again, potentially becoming fixture proof. So I would I would not move away from him yet. Yeah, definitely. Um, next question is from Fancy Football Tips at Fan Foot Tipster. Have they got any tips for us? Uh, well, I'll, I'll ask them. Uh, Let's I've, give them some tips. What, what are they asking? I've made a right ass of my team value. You, oh God, I love, I love, I really love, love a team value. Like yeah. uh, what advice would you give on how to spot the players that were increasing value? Um, just a quick one on my note. I just seem to look at the sites. There are fancyfootballfix.com, but the best one would actually be fplstatistics.co.uk. If you keep watching them, the target, as soon as it hits 100 on the right-hand side, you'll know that they're definitely going up that night. So looking at at it now, Costa and Koscielny going up tonight. If you click it again back the other way, you can see who's going down. That's the main fallback with having dud players, is they will go down. A lot of players go down more than players go up. You've got to watch that if you want to keep hold of your team value. Yeah, I mean, having... Just two secs, mate, your phone again. Oh, okay, it's not that close to it now. So carry on. It's all right. Um, yeah, I mean, this this is... And I, I personally am someone that was quite committed to the whole team cost or the team value in, in the last couple of seasons. Two seasons ago, it really worked for me. Basically, I just completely stayed on top of whoever was going up the most and the quickest that week, I would literally transfer them in on the weekend to make sure I got the double rise off them. So actually during the game week on the Saturday, I would know from the morning who the main players were and what their trends were in terms of whether they were up or down. And as the games went on during the day, if a player was 
you know, scored a hat trick or two goals and I knew there was going to be a big flurry overnight, plus they had good fixtures, I would put them in straight away because if you do it early, then you get a double price rise that week. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't suggest, just from experience, I wouldn't suggest doing that every week on every single player because sometimes you'll go over trend and suddenly the player will get injured or they'll, they'll go duff after that. So the, the main things I would do is be aware of what the trends are, have in mind the players you want, um, keep an eye on the websites that tell you the percentage of which they've risen already and then if they start to play well then stick them in for midnight when when everybody's transferred them in yeah totally totally agree with that. does that make sense yeah it does to me yeah that's it <laughs> okay hopefully we've covered that fantasy football tips we'll do the two more from dan e at dan why not dan good evening dan hi dan he is saying sterling versus son versus Firmino, which to get which uh, just a, just a quick answer on that one. Which would you get out of the three, Billy? If you haven't got any of them, I'm still going to say Firmino because I believe long term there's less potential from the likes of Kane coming back and stealing his game time. Yeah, a lot. Of Whereas agreement. I think Firmino is a guaranteed starter. Yeah, a lot of agreement there. I'm going Firmino as well. He just asked as well. Given lack of clean sheets, isn't it time to ditch premium defenders and upgrade elsewhere? Like I said before, it looks like the premium defenders for the good teams are getting the clean yeah. sheets. So it depends on how you want to look at. It. You could get a load of cheapies and then just hope for attacking points. That is is true. There are a downfall on clean sheets this season, but it looks like the the big teams are starting to rack them up so I would look to Arsenal, I would look to Spurs and even Man City, United and Chelsea look for what their fixtures are see if they've got easier fixtures then bring them in. It depends how you want to look at it whether you want to use the money elsewhere or whether you want to grab those clean sheets from those expensive top team players Yeah I I think you'd still need at least one premium defender Uh, I think it's definitely worth having based on sort of the next three or four fixtures I think you can spread the some of the the cash across play teams like Everton Saints every now and again they'll pick up a a cleanie here and there so you can get players in the five million bracket and there's a few gems out there for four million still which I think you can benefit from but yeah I I would still have one premium defender at least yeah yeah just over the course of the season you get a bit more consistency yeah I mean I've got Monreal now and Lovren Monreal at six million and Lovren at 4.9 so they're my two premiums. I've just uh, just to add to that, I've got uh, Koscielny and Eric Bai, who I consider someone that I'm not. Whether United play well or not, he comes up with with you know clean sheet here and there. He does look a threat from corners at times if he could learn to finish. So yeah, yeah one in there definitely, maybe two if if you you know have the the spare cash. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, well, I think that's the option most are going. If you look at who is top at the moment with who's he got? Who do you have? Walker, Bellerin. Yeah. And... I mean, what I'd say is Bellerin, if you can afford him every time, because it's like having an attacking midfielder. Yeah. Um, especially if Arsenal have a big day, he tends to be involved. But obviously, six point four, six point five billion is a lot to to lay out on the back. Yeah, I was saying this to the beard man. We were in a discussion the other day regarding Bellerin and I wanted to bring him in as well, but I did need to upgrade Mark Wilson. But you look at Bellerin's price at 6.5 and it's expensive for a defender. But if you look at that from a midfielder point of view, he does get forward a lot more than any Arsenal defender. And uh, yeah, he can provide a lot of assists. Obviously, he didn't get one in the last game, but the game before that, he got 11 points or so. Yeah, he is more or less a midfielder in that position and got that clean sheet capability 
capability as well, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave it there for Twitter okay. due to us uh, rambling on about the fixtures for a long time. <laughs> we'll try and keep it shorter than, than two hours. Well, thanks for all your questions <clears throat> once again. Keep them coming in. Um, obviously, with only two of us, we're not going to have an Iceman's quiz when we get a few more of us back. Hopefully, we'll, we'll move back to that in the future. Um, that brings us to the end of the pod. Thank you for tuning in once again. I'm just going to give you a few contact details for us. So check out our website, www.fantasyfootballsurgery.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, a little bit less active on there, but do do message us all the same, facebook.com forward slash fantasyfootballsurgery. As I say, every week our main activity goes on on Twitter where you'll see polls, opportunities to ask questions at ff underscore surgery wherever you're listening to us we're available on soundcloud and also on itunes if you listen to us on itunes please give us a comment and some feedback on there and of course join the fancy football surgery podcast mini league the code this season is one seven six oh three hyphen six seven one eight and that brings us to the end of this two-man show so thanks for listening thanks for putting up with our voices Iceman yep cheers boo thanks for turning up (laughs) (laughs) absolute pleasure it'll be uh... sorry let me do that again (laughs) I can tell it's getting late (laughs) yeah cheers Iceman absolute pleasure as usual and we look forward to speaking to you with more surgeons next week Lovely, lovely, lovely pot. Uh, Potting. (laughs) Welcome once again to the (laughs) thirty-three. The thirty-three makes sense, does it? Outtake number one. Right, take two. However, if you have got any ideas that we are overlooking, please tweet us at FBL. Sorry, no, at FF Sir underscore. Sir, let me do that again. <laughs> do, do again. I'll cut that. Um, uh, four clean sheets in uh, in their last four. Uh, that didn't make much sense, did it? Uh, anyway, they do seem to go through patches where they're just uh, undefeatable. Oh, you, it's making noise. Is it? Your phone's too close. Ah, it's too close. Sorry. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Oh, what was I saying? Um. Oh, bollocks. Messed up.